0: Hello and welcome to the first tech.eu podcast of 2016 with myself Neil Murray and Roxanne Vasa. Hi Roxanne.
1: Hi, Neil. So this week, we have some very big news to cover for Europe, starting off with two big departures, actually. Brent Hoberman has decided that he will be officially stepping down from pro founders capital. And Easy Vidra, the man behind Google Campus in London and partner of Google Ventures Europe, has announced that he will be leaving the company altogether. In addition to that, we have a number for the amount raised by Dutch startups in 2015, which is actually less than what they raised in 2014, but we'll discuss why that's not as bad as it seems. And finally, Neil and I will reveal Tech.eu's Person of the Year for 2015. So let's start off with Brent Hoberman recently announcing that he's leaving ProFounders Capital. Brent, obviously, he's co-founder of this fund in London. He's also co-founder of LastMinute.com mydeco, made.com. He's also the guy behind the Founders Forum, which is an event that many people know about. And so he's announced that he will be leaving ProFounders to start a new seed fund. ProFounders, for anybody who doesn't know the fund, was set up in 2009. He co-founded it with some other high-profile European entrepreneurs like Bebo founder Michael Birch. The fund has actually invested in companies that are pretty impressive, including TweetDeck, One Fine Stay, Leap Motion, Get Your Guide. It's actually a rather impressive portfolio with quite a few non-UK-based companies, which I think is still somewhat rare for UK-based funds. And of the 26 deals listed on their site, 10 have exited. Despite all of this... Brent has said he will not be staying on with Pro Founders as they raise their second fund. He put a note on LinkedIn that said he would be moving on to start another seed fund and he'll be putting in somewhere between 500 million into early stage startups. I guess he's also, you know, had a fair amount of movement in his own life recently. So he also launched Founders Factory in the UK this past summer, which kind of describes itself as a part accelerator, part labs, part venture fund, and he recently stepped down from both the board of the Guardian Media Group and Shazam, but also joined the board of The Economist, so quite a lot happening in his in his professional life. He's decided not to provide more detail about his new early stage fund funding project at this point, but we'll keep all listeners posted as we receive more details.
0: Yeah, it's quite interesting actually, leaving kind of one fund that you set up to start another. I kind of find that concept quite interesting. And actually, in his post, he doesn't really divulge in terms of why that is. He does talk about wanting to make smaller investments, perhaps than they are currently. So perhaps it, that's something that he's keen to do, that pro founders weren't doing as much. So for me, I, I was kind of trying to see the difference between the two funds. And certainly, I think it will be kind of smaller, maybe more investment than Profounders had been doing. But you You know, actually, it makes a lot of sense for Brent to be kind of in those really early stage companies that need kind of... Smaller amounts and in quite a few of them because I mean, he's been around for a long time. I mean, lastminute.com is really one of the kind of earliest kind of dot com successes in the UK. So he's someone who's been around the scene for quite a while. And I, you know, he could offer a really lot of you covered some of the, the great things he's been involved in. So he has a lot of experience that will really benefit early stage companies. So I think that if this move, will involve him working more with even earlier companies, then by the sounds of it, I think it will be a positive one for all involved.
1: Yeah, I definitely think so. And obviously, Brent seems to have kind of a magic touch. So I think we'll definitely have to keep an, an eye out for his next project. But another departure that actually I'm kind of surprised and kind of not surprised at the same time was from Google Ventures, Easy Vidra, who announced that he's leaving Google altogether. So I think Google is definitely going to miss Easy. He launched Google Shopping in Spain. He launched Google Campus in London. He was a partner of the Google Ventures Fund in London as well. I just think he's done a lot of amazing things for the company. So I could kind of expect to see him leaving Google Ventures, but I didn't really expect to see him leaving Google. He published a blog post on Christmas Day to announce his departure from the company, which seemed to also hint at the possibility that he could be preparing to leave London with his family.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think he would be not not just a big miss to Google, but also a big miss to the London and the UK scene. I mean, he is someone, like you say, set up Google campus who played a prominent role in kind of Silicon Roundabout. Most people know him or nearly everyone knows him in the London scene. And he's someone who really actually, I think he has a genuine motivation to want to help startups. And I think that kind of shines through in, in anything that he does. So I'm sure that whatever he does next my guess would be that it will be in some capacity where he is able to kind of help startups and help the tech scene because I think that's his passion at least it seems to be from what he's been involved in the past so yeah I'm kind of keen to see what he will do next I did find it a little odd the timing of the announcement I think it was on yeah like you said Christmas day which is a You know, a strange time to announce that you're leaving a company. I understand Christmas is probably a time of personal reflection, but still considering everything that we've talked about on the podcast about Google Ventures and kind of what what went on with them in Europe, were there issues there behind the scenes? I did find it a little odd that the news kind of was almost buried, if you like, on Christmas Day.
1: Yeah, I think our regular listeners obviously know that we've spoken a lot about Google Ventures on the podcast. We covered their recent restructuring, which pretty much translates to them pulling out of Europe. And I think it's not a surprise, as we've said, to see Easy leaving the Google Ventures fund. He will be the third person to have left from their European team after 5.5 years that he spent with the company.
0: Yeah, I mean, you touch on it there. There was five partners originally that, that were gonna kind of focus on Europe or be the European arm. Obviously we've talked about the restructuring and how they've just folded back into the main one. But the fact remains now with Easy Leaving is that there's only two of those original five partners. So however you want to sugarcoat it, you know, over half of that original team that was gonna look at Europe has gone. So even if the two are folded back into the US, there's still only two Kind of on the ground in Europe now compared to five that were there originally. It's, it's hard to kind of say that that's a positive move for Europe and Google Ventures. But like I've said previously, I do think we will still see them invest, although it's hard to see them invest in more than they did in this recent 12 to 18 months when they had people on the ground.
1: Well, regardless, I think we'll have to wish EZ a lot of success in his next adventures and hope that he stays in Europe. Dutch startups announced in 2015 that they raised quite a bit of money, but not quite as much as 2014. So they announced that they raised 430 million euros last year, which is actually Quite a large decrease from the 500 million that they raised in 2014. Startup Juncture, which is a Dutch tech blog, mentions that this could be skewed by the big AdYen deal that was closed at the end of 2014. So that was a 250 million round. They've actually gone ahead and compared the two years side by side. So 2014 has 76 deals that brought in 500 million in funding, and 2015 shows 150 deals but only $430 million in funding. So that's quite a big difference in number of deals and also in the amount of funding.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's funny how this is almost coming back to, to bite the Netherlands in the arse because this gen funding last year, there was a time at the start of last year where a lot of tech blogs and there was a lot of hype about how the Netherlands were really an up-and-coming tech hub mainly because they raised 500 million in venture capital last year. Wow, this is amazing. All of a sudden there's a lot of money going into the Netherlands. And I said at the time, yeah, but half of it went to Adyen. So, at the time I was kind of saying that that's, you know, it doesn't really show much. Half of that was from one company. So how many else actually raised some money? Not many. So it's it's kind of funny how it's coming full circle now. And now what the the headline is is oh, Dutch startups raised less than they did last year so people naturally think that's a bad thing when in fact it's not it's a great thing in terms of the amount of companies that have raised money nearly double the amount of Dutch companies have raised money this year compared to last so for me it's, this is a great year uh, much better than last year but the headline will be that they've raised less just like the headline last year was Netherlands is amazing because they raised so much this year the headline is they've raised less but actually this year is a hell of a lot more positive than last year
1: Which is so funny. Why aren't the headlines focusing on the fact that almost double the amount of companies are raising? That is definitely a very good point. I think that said, Netherlands actually did have some very impressive deals in 2015, maybe not 250 million rounds, but they did have 82 million that went to CADWiki, and they had 25 million that went to WeTransfer and there were quite a few others, including another Adyen round. So I think definitely, you know, there may not be that big whopping 250 million, but definitely deals that shouldn't fall under the radar as well. Tech.eu will be releasing in-depth analysis of 2015 investment trends. I guess we're doing this every year now. So stay tuned over the next few weeks to learn more about the situation in the Netherlands.
0: Yeah, I've been working on that actually over over the last couple of weeks. So that's well underway. So this isn't too far off for everyone to read. And yeah, I mean, the Netherlands, they do do fairly well. But there's still a lot of countries in Europe that are attracting significantly more venture capital than them. So they are they are they are a hub to watch. Um, But certainly in our kind of analysis in terms of the totals raised, the Netherlands do feature in the top 10, but definitely towards the or at least in the bottom half of that top 10. But yeah, we'll be focusing on Europe as a whole, then drilling it down into some individual countries, individual stages, verticals, etc. So do keep an eye out for that in the next month or so.
1: So now wrapping it up with the Netherlands, we are moving on to what is essentially my favorite topic of all podcasts. It's time for us to reveal the tech.eu person of the year. Neil, I don't know, can you make trumpet noises or something in the background? (laughs) (laughs) I'll try. Neil and I announced on the last podcast that we wanted to officially recognize one person for their contribution to the European tech ecosystem for 2015. The criteria is actually surprisingly hard to fill, which is probably why we also didn't get a lot of nominations from the audience. The person needs to have made an impact in more than one country in Europe, which is actually surprisingly rare when we started to dig into the different profiles and possibilities. This person also needs to have done something that really goes above and beyond the norm. So if it's an entrepreneur just raising several hundred million or something like that, now it really needs to be a lot bigger than what we've seen elsewhere. So entrepreneurs and investors alike have to be very exceptional. After going through all the possible nominations, and a lot of them were actually disqualified because they are so heavily involved in only one geography. So the geography component actually potentially disqualified quite a few people, we have decided to give our first-ever Tech.eu Person of the Year Award to Niklas Zenstrom. So for any of our listeners who don't know Zenstrom, he is the Swedish co-founder of Skype and Kazaa, He is today president of Atomico Venture Fund in London. As an entrepreneur, he's got a very impressive track record as an investor as well. I think Atomico, maybe a lot of people don't know this, I find them to be very Europe-based in terms of their investment strategy. They're not as UK-centric as quite a few other UK-based funds. And their investments include companies like Six Wonder Kinder, which was acquired by Microsoft last year, Fawn, Klarna, there's quite a few more.
0: Yeah, I think Nicholas is someone who does meet the criteria definitely and like you say it was harder than it looks actually to have someone meet this criteria but he certainly didn't win it by default he has won it by by in credit of of, of kind of what he's done not only this year but also across the years and like you say it's not just one geography I mean he started off in Sweden then London and actually I think you know he really is a true kind of European entrepreneur and investor uh, and someone who impacts the European scene on a on a day-to-day basis and he has done that for, for quite a while and just like I said about Brent Hoberman Nicholas is also someone who's been around for a while. I mean, with Kazar and Skype, he's been there kind of since the beginning of of when this kind of startup, tech startup phase in Europe kind of got going uh, and everyone got excited about it. So again, he's someone who has that experience. uh, He's someone who has that knowledge and that track record already. And now he's kind of giving back. I mean, not only is he he, he at Atomico uh, investing his money, spending time with companies, uh, like you say, across Europe, but he also has done the European Tech Alliance.
1: Yes, and I think actually the Tech Alliance is what really put us in favor of giving this award to Nicholas. The European Tech Alliance is something that he announced towards the end of 2015. It's a new lobby with 25 different European companies that aims to protect and promote the interests of scale-ups. And I think some of the companies on that list include Europe's top companies like Spotify, SwiftKey, car. So Europe has definitely got a lot of startup lobby groups, but this one seems very different. I think it's one of the first that is aiming to protect the interests of scale-ups, which is really taking Europe and it's really taking kind of our thinking in Europe to the next level. It's kind of making us look into the future and where we want to head um, rather than constantly looking at where we are today or looking backwards. So I think this is definitely a huge point. And I think it's also a rare example of a lobby group that's also bringing together all European excellence. Um, We have a lot of very fragmented lobby groups that protect the interests of different geographies, different countries. So I really thought this is a terrific example of the kind of initiatives that that we need in Europe. So I think very well deserved by Nicholas, who is an incredible entrepreneur, investor, and now someone who is making a huge difference for the next generation of entrepreneurs in Europe.
0: Yes, definitely. A worthy winner, and we certainly think so. Let us know if you agree or disagree in the comments section. We can take it if, if you don't disagree. But you did have the chance to have your say, so don't moan too much. You can subscribe to the show <laughs> on iTunes and SoundCloud, of course. Uh, you can leave any other feedback you have for us in the comments section as well. Uh, we do listen to it, and also you could just tweet it to us at Neil S.W. Murray or at Roxanne Vaza. But that's it for this week, first one of the year, and we'll be back next week. Thanks, Roxanne.
1: Thanks, Neil.